0: Another uh, exciting show coming up. As always, we know you got questions about severance and employment, and we always field as many as we can over the uh, the next hour. Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. And the number they can call you any time. I know you get a lot of phone calls on this one. You answer them all, How are you, my friend?
1: Johnny, I am doing very yes, well uh, and uh, very excited again to be here. Uh, we, we're uh, all over now. We're in Ottawa. We're in Hamilton and Toronto. So uh, very, very excited to answer questions. People know, need to know about their workplace
0: rights, and, and that's what we're here to do. Okay. Well, give us, uh, we saw we start off with of a week that was, some always interesting cases. And, uh, you know, it always resonates with our listeners, and so people start calling through with Similar situations. What do you got this week? So, yeah, John, I always like to start with the week. There was a couple cases that uh, or situations
1: that I've dealt with this week. And, you know, many of our listeners are going to listen to that and say, wait a second. That was me yesterday or last week or last year. So uh, so first situation, I received a call this week from uh, from a lady that heard our show for the first time last week. Now, she had been terminated from her employment when she came back from mad leave. She was given no severance whatsoever. And. Very interestingly, her employer told her that the reason she wasn't getting any severance is because it's a small company. So we're a small company. We don't have to pay severance. We only have six employees. And the other thing we don't have to do because we're a small company, what the employer said, is we actually don't have to take you back after mad leave. (laughs) Those obligations, the obligation (laughs) to take back after mad leave and the obligation to pay severance only applies to big companies. That's what uh, the employer said. And and, and she didn't know any better. She assumed that her employer was uh, right. And guess what? She, she moved on until she heard us talk about these issues uh, last week on the show, and then she called me. Well, of course, what the employer said in that case was nonsense. Of course, it's nonsense. That employer has to pay severance. And just remember, the amount of severance the employer has to pay, the full severance in someone's owed, has nothing to do with the size of the company. She would be entitled to the same severance whether she was working for a company with six employees or 6,000 employees. Right. So the employer was wrong. And the other thing the employer was very, very wrong on is the obligation to take her back after mad leave. That obligation applies to every employer. There's obligations under the Employment Standards Act, under the Human Rights Code, to take someone back after mad leave. You can't get around that, and it applies to all employers. So not only was she wrongfully dismissed because she didn't receive any severance, in addition to that, uh, she, uh, she was treated in violation of the Human Rights Code because she was not taken back after mad leave. Now, here's the interesting part, or the, the, the really kind of the cherry on top, if you will, here. Uh, she, this all happened in December of 2012. Okay, Ooh, she's pretty close. So she is so Woo! close. She was almost out of time. Remember, there's a two-year limitation yes. period. Luckily, she actually heard the show and said, wait a second, I guess I was wrongfully treated. Let me call Leo, and she did, and I spoke to her, and we're going to get it resolved. But, you know, a few more weeks, she'd be out of time, and I would not have been able to help her. So, again,
0: uh, talk about the right place at the right time. And I bet you this is the thing where you'd want to be a fly in the wall with that conversation with the former employer because she probably, they probably forgotten about her. She hasn't talked to them in, like, two, oh, two years. All of a sudden,
1: yeah. hi there. Hi. Guess what? I'm Leo, Nice to meet you. You did and a few my things wrong. Is. Yeah. No, it's exactly. Silly. Yep. It's next. very, very silly. Uh, next situation. I had a bunch of calls this week, John with respect to people uh, where the employer had given, the, uh, given them a hard time when they're on disability. Now, I know on the insurance and injury law show you talk uh, with Sivan about uh, these issues, but from my perspective, I see this all the time, and uh, this week I had a few of these cases. One of them, the employer told the employee that if uh, they take more than one week off, they're going to be fired. And In another case, the employer said, well, you can only be off for one month. So I wanted to outline once and for all uh, what the employer's obligations are if they have an employee that needs to go off on a sick leave or on a disability leave. So first of all, if a doctor says that the employee needs to go off work, because of a medical condition, the employer has to allow it. It's not the employer's call. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, uh, it doesn't matter what the employer thinks, and doesn't matter if the employer has a short-term or long-term disability. If the employee needs to be off work because of a doctor's note, then the employee has to go off, and the employer can't do anything about it. An employee can stay on disability or sick leave as long as it, as it needs, as long as it takes for them to be better Uh, As long as the doctor says they have to be off, the employer cannot arbitrarily decide how long the leave has to to last. They can't say a week, a month, two months. It's up to the, the doctor to clear the employee. Now, it's only when the leave is extremely long, usually a couple of years or more, when someone's on disability for that long, that the uh, employer can say, well, you know what? Now, I don't have to uh, maintain your uh, status as an employee. I can end the relationship. Is that a frustration of contract? Frustration of contract. So what do we need for that? We need a very lengthy absence, usually two years or more, and no real prognosis for the person to be able to return back to work. Uh, and so so that 's another thing and finally, if the employee does need to come back to work and needs accommodation, uh, whether it 's modified duties, modified hours, maybe help to do the work, mm-hmm. the employer has to provide that uh, provide that accommodation so Uh, A lot of employers uh, believe, well, the deal is you're going to come to work, and if you're not going to come back to work for whatever reason, we can let you go and we don't have to pay you anything. That's very wrong. I get calls like that probably every day. So I I wanted to kind of set the record straight once and for all.
0: We'll take a short break. You got questions about termination? How about termination for cause? We are going to cover that after the break. So stick around, give us a call, talk to Leroy if you have any questions. And anytime, 1-855-821-5900. This is... The Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. Leor at EmploymentHour.com. 1-855-821-5900 is uh, Leor's number anytime outside of show hours. Give him a call. I know he gets a ton of phone calls, answers to a ton of questions. It'll cost you nothing just to give him a call. We like our phone calls as well. Hello, Frank.
2: Hi,
3: how are you? Guys? Good,
0: sir. You got a question for Lior? Uh Yes. Uh,
3: one of my good friends working at the major bank was forcibly retired after a change in management after 32 years of just wondering what a
1: reasonable severance would be. Uh, thanks, Frank. And by the way, forcible retirement is a termination. If an employer says, well, guess what, you're, you're retiring now, well, that means that the employer has decided that the employee is no longer going to work for the company, which means the employer has ended the relationship, the employer has to pay severance. So you said that your friend has worked for 32 years, and how yeah. old is your friend?
4: Under
1: 65. Okay, so under 65, and what kind of job? What was he doing there? Uh,
3: like
1: Oh, okay. So easily he gets two years' pay, all right? He, he, he's a maximum guy. Usually the maximum amount of severance that people get is uh, two years, 24 months, and he easily falls into that category. So anything less than that would be a wrongful dismissal. If he gets two years' pay, then then it's not, then he would have been properly treated. Do you know if he got any severance? Uh,
0: I haven't spoken to him. It just happened.
1: Okay. So have him give me a call if he hasn't gotten his two-year severance. I
0: can easily help him with that if he needs to. One, right. eight. Sorry, go ahead, Frank. Oh, thanks a lot. Okay, yeah, 1-855-821-5900, one 821 5900 There's no better excuse for the max than that one, right? Bank exec, 32 years of working.
1: Yeah, no yeah. chance. I mean, yeah. anything less than that is ridiculous. We'll get to uh, Nancy. Hello, Nancy. Hi.
2: How are you? Good. Okay. I have a question. I started working for a company in the beginning of 1989. In 2012, I had to go on long-term disability, I developed lung cancer, I had operations. The private insurance company that the company has was paying me my long-term disability, and then they made me apply for Canada Pension, which I received. So I get my Canada Pension, and I get my cutback from my regular pension. Right. So at the head office closed our division of where I worked. Everyone receives severance pay and they said I don't get severance pay because technically I'm still an employee. They do pay my benefits for medical and dental. But <clears throat> so I had phoned them and they said, Well I said, Well what happens when I turn sixty five? And they said, Well, you just that's that's it. Am I not entitled to any severance?
1: Uh, Interesting question, Nancy. And, and, you know, I I see these situations uh, often and you may not like what I'm uh, about to say, but here's the thing. Uh, Severance is payable when the employer decides to end the relationship, Uh, when the employer decides or either directly or through their conduct to end the relationship. But it's only up to the employer to make that decision. If you can't go back to work, but the employer says, from our perspective, you're still our employee. If you are uh, going to be able to tomorrow, next year, or after that to come back to work, we're going to maintain you as an employee and take you back to work. They don't have to pay severance. Really, the only time they would have to is if you wanted to go back to work and they said, we don't have a job for you. At that point, they are terminating, they have to pay you severance. So we can't actually make the employer terminate your employment uh, if they're inclined not to. So they may think, we don't think Nancy's ever going to come back to work, so why are we going to terminate and pay severance? Uh, And and even though I agree with you, probably ethically that's not fair, there's really no way to make them. The only way to do it is if you were to call them now and say, I want to come back to work, and if they don't take you, uh, then they have to pay you severance.
2: Okay, now let's just say, as... If when I turn, say, 64, right, I say, oh, hey, I'm ready to come back. Absolutely. Can I do that?
1: You absolutely can. You can do that. Not, by the way, only at 64. You can do that at 65, 66, 67, unless they've terminated you before then. Well, There's no magic to 65. 65.
2: They're planning on terminating me whereas, as far as my benefits go, because they're saying, well, you're 65, you're still disabled, bye-bye.
1: Right. Well, at that point, by the way, at 65, okay, if that's what they do, they would have to pay you 34 weeks of pay, okay, as severance. Not your full severance. Your full severance is probably about two years' pay. Yeah. So, so that's what happens at 65, but at 64, if you want to come back to work and they say no, then you, you, you get uh, two years' severance from them.
2: Okay, but I would get at least the 34 weeks when I turn 65.
0: If they terminate, then absolutely, yes, 34 weeks.
2: Okay, that's All what right. I needed to know.
0: Thanks, Nancy. Appreciate the phone call. Would that be a smart play for her at 34, 34 and a half to say, I'm ready to come back?
1: Absolutely. It's a great play. Uh, If she Uh, can say, I want to come back to work. Uh, If they say, no, you can't, guess what? Two years pay is what they have to pay you. Termination for cause. What is it? Yeah, so we spend the last couple of weeks in between calls trying to talk about that termination without cause. And that's a situation, of course, where the employer lets the employee go, not because of something awful that the employee did. It's simply a company's own decision, and the employer has to pay severance. So that's a termination without cause. The flip side, or the other side of that particular coin, is a termination for cause. A termination for cause can only happen if an employee is guilty of some very significant misconduct... If that misconduct is repeated, and if the company has done everything they could do to rectify that problem, and they've failed, that employee simply doesn't get it. At that point, the employer can let the employee go without severance, okay, without any compensation. Uh, They can simply let them go because of that awful behavior. So, again, two types of termination, without cause, means you get severance with cause if the employer can establish it means you don't you, you don't get any severance.
0: We'll take a short break. I want to get into the meat of it and how hard it is for an employer to establish said cause, but uh, we'll take some phone calls as well. Leor L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. And the one number you want to keep with you at all times is 1-855-821-5900. More of the Employment Hour coming up right here on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. Leor L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. And the number he always has, one 855 821 5900 we always uh, get back into termination with cause first. Love our phone callers. Hi, Jason. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Good. Go ahead. You got a question for Lior.
2: Well, I'm a small business owner, so I'm listening to this
0: from a different aspect of things. But, Mm you know, if I've got an employee who, say, you know, has been working for us for four years and he has a death in the family and wants to travel the other side of the province, is it paid week for him or no?
1: Uh, you, you do not have to provide uh, paid time off in that situation, no. So the employee may uh, be able to use their uh, vacation time if they want, or otherwise if you agree to allow them time off, then it would be unpaid.
0: Okay, so thank you. Another question is if I have an employee who's been here four years, is like some, some guys you talk to, they're, you know, I've been with a company for five years, I get five weeks vacation, like a small business owner. Is that only entitled to people who have... Benefits and pensions and stuff like that. Like, a small business owner, he doesn't have to worry about that, or does
1: he? So you, you mean giving vacation?
0: Yeah. Paid vacation.
1: Yeah, The minimum amount of paid vacation that has to be given to an employee here in Ontario is two weeks, okay? You don't have to provide more. A lot of employers do, but there's no legal obligation to provide more than two weeks paid vacation. Uh, But less than that, it would be a violation of the Employment Standards Act, uh, which means that uh, it would be illegal in the Ministry of Labour or or our courts can intervene in that situation.
0: Okay, so if I give them, you know, every other Friday off through the summer, that would tally up to the two weeks. So. Go ahead.
1: Just yeah, and you, consistently you, you, or no? As a business owner, you do have a right to schedule the vacation. Okay, so there's two things you have to do. Number one, give at least two weeks uh, off a year, as also and also pay vacation pay that's equivalent to above to at least four percent of whatever they earn in a year. So there's vacation pay, vacation time. Essentially, yeah. if you give them two weeks paid vacation any way you slice it, then you would have complied with your legal obligations. So Jason could
0: make it up days, yep. compiling up two weeks. Absolutely, interesting. Yes. Yep. Interesting. Get to uh, Rick online, too. Hello, Rick. Hi, how are you today? Good, sir. Go ahead.
3: Uh, yes, I was uh, dismissed from my job um, um, actually November 11th um, in regards to um, an addiction that I have. Um, I had I my final notice, uh, my third notice in May, um, in regards to any more time lost that I would uh, be determ- or t- dismissed. So what I happened to do is I confronted the company the following day and said, yes, I do have an alcohol issue. Um, so the company, what they did is they put me through their uh, counseling slash uh, therapist programming. Yep. Um, and my doctor was aware of my alcoholism as well. Now I've been doing this counseling still to this day. I'm still doing it. I was being suspended on, like I say, the 11th of November. I was just wondering what rights I have, and in regards to the letter, they wrote down that I had, phoned, I had missed three days after that, and I did not give no notification. Now I got a hold of the phone company, and they're sending me my documents in the mail, stating I did phone the company at that certain times of the day before my job had started. So. That wasn't true, um, as far as uh, I'm concerned, and they did give me a severance, or yeah, severance with my vacation. But they, apparently, the check's still in the mail. Okay. Um, I spoke with Human Rights. Human Rights said that was a wrongful dismissal because you're still in the program through the company. If uh, they,
1: Rick, if they let you go because of your addiction, uh, and and that's that is a human rights issue, that is illegal. Alcohol addiction is considered in the eyes of the law to be a disability. So just like if you were uh, suffering from a serious medical condition or a bad back and couldn't work, the same thing applies with alcohol addiction. Now, that said, uh, if they let you go, not because of the addiction, but because they say you simply uh, didn't tell them you're going to be off work, that could be potentially a different issue. That still probably wouldn't be cause, which means they have to pay severance. So there's potential human rights issues here b- based on the reasons for letting you go. Either way, you're owed severance, even if there's no human rights issues. And how long have you worked there, Rick? Ten years. Ten years. And what kind of job? What do you do there?
3: Uh, truck mechanic.
1: Okay. And uh, approximately how old are you? Ah, uh, forty-eight. So you'd be looking right around a month per year of service. About ten to twelve months of severance is what you'd be owed here. Uh, anything less than that would be a wrongful dismissal. So what I propose, Rick, is let's talk off air. I'd like to see the letter that they gave you, the termination letter, and find out a bit more about uh, what's, what happened over the past uh, few weeks. And on that basis, if, if you certainly have been wrongfully dismissed, I can, I can help you get the compensation that you're owed. And as I always like to say on these, these shows, uh, these issues tend to be fairly easy to resolve.
3: Okay, I really appreciate that. And your number is 416-855-5900? Uh,
0: you're close. I'll give you another one. one 855 Eight two one fifty nine hundred one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Interesting phone call. Got a couple more. I think we got time for. Uh, we'll run this through. We get to uh, John. Hi, John. Hi. How are you doing? Okay. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. So, um, just a, I believe this is just going to be a quick, easy question for you guys. Um, I'm a cook, full time employed right now. Um, I've been experiencing some uh, hip pain and issues, and gone and see some specialists, and they are saying that I'm going to have to go in for hip surgery and have some downtime
3: um approximately three months to to rehab my hip just wondering kind of like what's the best route for me to go in terms of um
0: like is it uh like ei or disability or kind of like what route should i kind of take and what should i be looking into in terms of uh Covering, covering yourself, right? Yeah, right. Covering myself.
1: Exactly. So first of all, uh, you, you would qualify if you need to be off work because of a medical condition to EI uh, disability benefits. Your employer has to issue a record of employment, uh, and that would allow you for to go on EI for up to thirteen weeks uh, and and get those disability payments. It, it's a percentage of your wages up to a maximum of five hundred dollars a week. Uh, so so that's option one. If you need to be off work longer than that. If your employer has a long-term or short-term disability plan, you'd be able potentially to qualify for that as long as the doctor says you can't work. So you start off with EI, and beyond that, you can uh, apply for short-term and long-term disability if those plans exist. If those plans don't exist, once the EI money is used up, there's really nothing else that's going to be available for you. Uh, So hopefully, if if that is the case by then, uh, you should be able to go back to work, hopefully.
0: Okay, great. Thank you so much. Thank you, John. We've got time for one more. Jay, we've got time for one more. We'll get to uh, Sue. Hello, Sue. Hi. Hi. How are you today? Okay, go
2: ahead. Okay, I work for a small company. I've been employed for 23 years. Uh, We were under the assumption that we were getting severance, and uh, then uh, her her accountant told her that uh, in the Ontario Standard Act, like the uh, Ministry of Labour for Ontario, uh, because we are a small company of less than 50 employees, and uh, we're eight, and she doesn't have a payroll of at least $2.5 million that we don't qualify for severance. How many times exactly. we heard
0: this?
1: Yeah, Sue, so we've heard this on Turn the show. Turn your
2: radio
0: down for us, Sue. Sorry.
1: No worries. Uh, we, we've heard this on the show a ton of times, and I hear this in my practice several times a day. Yeah. Uh, so let me start off by, by making it very, very clear to you, to your coworkers, to that accountant, that is wrong, okay? You are owed severance. And by the way, the amount of severance that you're owed would be the same if you were working for a huge company. And after 23 years, even not knowing much about what your job is and your age, et cetera, I can tell you you'd probably easily be looking at at least 18 months of severance, potentially as much as 24 months of severance. So that is wrong. And if you don't get that, forget about getting a couple of weeks severance. If you don't get your 18 to 24 months of severance, you would have been wrongfully dismissed. Uh, the, the the size of the company only applies in some situations. I'm not going to get too complicated. All, all I'm going to tell you is it doesn't apply to you. It's irrelevant completely. So you and your colleagues need to call me. We need to discuss this and I bet you with
0: one letter to that employer of yours, we can get this resolved and you can get your severance. One letter is all it's going to take. Sue, that number, one That's why, just like we had with Savannah last hour, these phone calls are so important to make. Exactly. It's easy. Just take care of it. We'll take more uh, phone calls here in just a minute and get into more of Termination for Cause right here on the Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. You can also email Lior, Lior, at employment or call his personal number, one That is an excellent number to keep in your uh, your pocket. We're talking about termination for cause before the string of phone calls. So how hard is it for an employer to establish that cause? And and very good question, John. And, and
1: you know, we talked about the bad misconduct that uh, the employer needs to show. So how hard is it to show? It's extremely difficult to, to establish cause because... Keep in mind, it's not enough for the employer to show that the employee did something wrong or even a few things wrong. That's not the question. The question is whether the things that the employee supposedly did did wrong, do they rise all the way to the level of cause? So, you know, the best way to look at it is if we have someone that committed a crime, you know, are they deserving of the death penalty? So maybe they did something wrong or a few things wrong, and maybe we don't like that, but maybe we're going to impose some sort of a disciplinary action. But are they deserving of the worst punishment? It's extremely difficult to establish cause. Ultimately, what the employer has to show is that whatever the employee did made it impossible to continue employing them. And in my experience, and I've been
0: doing this for a long time, most employers pull the trigger way before they should. So what do they have to should they should they be building a portfolio of things? Is that what the generally is done? Yes. And and unless the type of conduct is extreme, so you know theft, violence,
1: sexual harassment, unless that's what the employer is using to establish cause, the employer needs to have first of all a record to prove what the employee did. But the employer also wants to establish that it did other things before it terminated for cause. Maybe it provided warnings or a suspension. It tried to impose other discipline uh, to correct the behavior and eventually had to terminate for cause because everything else wasn't successful, so if your employer lets you go for cause, and this is the first time you've done something wrong or the first time you've you've been disciplined, that's probably not going to be cause because the employer
0: has not properly built its case be able to establish cause. Say your employer tries to address a problem, they put you on a uh, like a performance improvement plan. Is that a sign that you're going to be out the door soon? <laughs> yeah, and a lot of people call me all the time, probably weekly, saying, well, my employer is putting
1: me on a performance improvement plan. I don't really think it's, uh, it's proper or necessary. Are, are they trying to build a case against me? Right. And the answer to that is definitely yes. That's exactly what the employer many times is doing with a performance improvement plan. The way that the employer looks at it is one of two things will happen. Either the performance improvement plan is going to improve the performance, as the name suggests, or it's going to potentially allow us, the employer, to terminate employment for cause. So it could be simply a step where the employer shows we were very unhappy with the performance of the employee, uh, but we did something about it. We put them on a performance improvement plan. We told them that there's potentially consequences if they don't improve. And when they didn't improve, now we can terminate for cause. In most cases though, even if the employer does what I've just described, they still won't be able to establish cause because cause is so difficult to, to prove, uh, to establish. So even with the performance improvement plan, it may mean that the employer is thinking about terminating for cause,
0: but the likelihood of them actually being able
1: to do that legally is very, very small.
0: Now, how often is it for employers to terminate employers for cause when the cause doesn't really exist?
1: Yeah, and, and a lot of times I get calls. We've had that on the show before, and I get calls at the office all the time where uh, people tell me, listen, Lee, or I've been let go for cause, and they tell me you know, the story of what happened, and the question becomes, is that cause, mm-hmm. I do I get severance? Uh, And in most of these cases, I'm going to tell you that the employer has not reached the level of cause. Either the employer got it wrong in the sense that the employee didn't do what the employer says, or even if they did, it doesn't rise to the level of cause. So uh, I was late twice last week and the employer was unhappy. Fair enough. They let me go for cause. Now, being late twice last week is not good. And, you know, I wouldn't be happy either if you were my employee. But that's not cause. Cause would have to be extreme. So, yes, it's very, very common. Most employers terminate for cause when they don't have it. And the one thing you got to remember about cause, John, it's an all-or-nothing type of a situation. Either you have cause 100% or you don't have it at all. There's no 99% cause just like there's no 99% pregnant. Right. So, so in that way, if, if you, you have it all the way, fine. Otherwise, you can't terminate for cause. So if the employer still wants to let the employee go it has to be a termination without cause, and the employer has to pay severance. Is there ever a situation where an employer does have cause, but they still got to pay severance? Yeah, and, and there are some situations, very, very important, where the employer does have cause. So whatever the employee did was bad enough to be cause, but the employee uh, still gets severance. When is that? Well, when the cause is not willful misconduct. So, for example, if I was let go because of very bad performance and I couldn't improve and my employer tried and helped me and gave me warning, I'm just not good at what I do and I, the, I, the employer lets me go. Well, because it's poor performance, I still get some severance, not my full severance, mind you, but some severance because it's not willful misconduct. I had a, ca- a case a couple of years ago where someone was let go because he got into a repeated accidents driving a forklift. He was just a very bad forklift driver. Apparently. Uh, and, and he was let go for cause, and I think th- the employer was right. But that employer got it wrong in the sense that they still had to pay some severance to this employee because b- being a bad forklift driver doesn't mean he was doing it on purpose. It's not willful misconduct. So unless, unless it's willful misconduct, you still get your severance, not your full severance, a portion
0: of it. Take a quick call before we take a break. Uh, i got Jamil Hello, Jamil, how are you? Hello. Hello, hi. Good, sir. How are you? I'm good, thanks yourself. Okay, go ahead. Ask Leora what you want.
3: Yeah, so my my wife's been a hairstylist for about 13 years at the same salon, um, and they've implemented a new thing where she has to be licensed in order to, to continue working where she is. Um, she was given um, a year to basically complete her exam and, and, and to pass it. Uh, but unfortunately, she, she 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 hasn't been able to pass the exam. And, and the year just came up uh, this Friday. So what they've done, she actually wrote the exam also again on Friday. So this would be her like fourth attempt. And um, what they've done is they've actually suspended her for the next two weeks until the results come back in. So I'm, I'm just wondering where she stands at this point. Are they able to terminate her? Or?
1: So Jamil, good question. Tell me this: the requirement for her to be licensed is that something that's done by by government. In other words, did the government decide that this has exactly. to happen? Exactly. Yeah. So the, it's not yeah, something the that the employer decided. No,
3: it's not the employer. No, it's okay. like the trades of uh, like Ontario trade school or Got something it. like that.
1: So if this is something, so in, in other words, it's out of the employer's hands. They have to have her licensed uh, to to do the job, mm-hmm. and, and they they certainly are able to let her go. Now, it's not a termination for cause or without cause. This would be what we call a frustration of contract simply because something happened uh, through an outside force, in this case a government regulation. She now cannot do the job. Not her fault, not their fault. Uh, So they may actually be able to let her go in that situation without severance, especially when they have been, from what you're saying, reasonable in that they've allowed her the time. Mm -hmm. They didn't say, well, you have to have it done by tomorrow at 5 o'clock. They gave her the one year to do it. So unfortunately, if she's not able to to pass the exam and because the requirement is something that's imposed on the employer by the government, Mm -hmm. uh, they would potentially be able to let her go without severance uh, because she can't, simply do the job and they're not allowed to allow her to do the job
0: we'll take a short break if you have questions bring them on ask them and Leor's number in his pocket all the time is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. write that one down more of the employment hour right here on talk radio am 640 and am 900 chml Well, will uh get some phone calls hello chris how are you hey good afternoon how are you good pal what's up
4: um was recently uh terminated uh on my on my first day
0: Wow, yeah. that's a short employment. What happened?
4: Well, it's an industry that I've been in for the last last 15 years. Uh, just with a new, This is with a new company. And I was there on time in the morning. I was there for 7 o'clock in a, in a management role for 7 o'clock. Um, did my rinky-dink training because nothing was really set up. And at quarter to 5 on my way out, they wanted me back in at 2 in the morning. And, uh, which is, an, it's also an hour drive for me to, to, to get to this place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I went, what, what? And I said, okay, well, what's happening after that? And they said, well, then we'll, we'll do your training again. It was to ride on a, uh, on a, on a garbage truck. Okay. Uh, and I, I, and I'm an office guy. I've been on every kind of, of garbage piece of machinery for the last 15 years. And, uh. I said, and then, and then what happens? And they said, well, we'll do more training, and the day will end at five. And they wanted me to do that for the entire week, from Tuesday to Friday, starting at two a.m. and working through till till five. And uh, I kind of protested, not in a, in a very polite manner. And uh, when I got home, um, I found out that um, I had a termination letter.
1: And because you you, you were protesting the having to come in at 2 a.m.?
4: Yeah, well, it wasn't so much as coming in at 2 a.m., but um, 2 a.m. till 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. seems a little extreme no for a guy kidding. that's been in an industry for 15 years.
1: Yeah, no, I I understand. So here's my only concern, potentially is whether when you started working, or sorry, before you started working, if you signed an employment agreement that had a probationary uh, clause in it, something that says, for, let's say, for example, that for the first three months, we can let you go by paying you nothing. Do you recall if you signed something like that? No, I did not. Okay, well, guess what then?
4: But there is a probationary period of three months.
1: But does it say that if, if they want to during that time, they can let you go without payment? No. Okay. If it doesn't say, then I'd like to see it myself. Then guess what? Even after a day, you are entitled to severance. You're, you're one of these people that worked for a very short period of time. No, they, you,
4: gave, me two, they gave me two weeks.
1: Yeah, well, uh, uh, what kind of job? What were you supposed to do?
4: I was, uh, I was sales.
1: Sales, okay. And how old are you, Chris?
4: Uh, 44.
1: So you probably actually would be entitled to a couple of months of severance here. So I would propose you give me a call off there. Uh, this is a termination without cause, so you're owed a couple of months because there's nothing in the agreement that allows them to let you go without payment in the first three months. So two weeks is not enough, and you know it's kind of a, a crappy way to deal with an employee uh, on top of that. So give me a call, and I'll be more than happy to talk to you and help you out with this.
4: May I ask two quick questions? Yeah. Sure. Um, first question is, 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 if to be fair to the employer, if they would have told me that up front, Rather than 15 minutes before I left, um, I, I would have been prepared for it, but 15 minutes prior to leaving the door, and we've got communications uh, back and forth um, through, through email. Yes, which, which I, I've got still. Good. Does that seem though, sort of unreasonable expectation?
1: On their part? Yes. Oh, absolutely, yeah, completely unreasonable. And depending on your your specific job, it actually may be illegal to require you to work those types of hours in any event. So they're potentially asking you to do something that they're not even uh, allowed to ask you to do. And be it, be it that as it may, even if they were allowed, completely unreasonable. Which is why I say, if they've terminated your position, that is a without cause termination, and then you get severance.
0: Chris 855 numbers one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Use it one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Take a short break. More of it coming up. The Employment Hour, Talk Radio AM six forty and AM nine hundred CHML. Want to get to a tool, very uh, useful and cool things. One uh, first one we'll tackle is the severance calculator.
1: That's right, John. And uh, we we always talk about it because I, I, you know, even though I created it, so it's easy for me to say I can. I actually do believe it's one of the the most important tools that are, it's out there for someone to know their legal rights. So severancepaycalculator.com, dot If, if if you uh, uh, lost your job, or I'm um, about to lose your job, or always wanted to know what would happen if you lose your job, you go to severancepaycalculator.com and it will calculate for you the amount of severance that you're owed, exactly as I've done on the show already today. We had a few people when I I've asked them how long you worked in your job and uh, uh, and and, uh, uh, and your age. And on that basis, I told them how much severance they owed. The same thing with the severance pay calculator. Uh, it uh, you input that information, it's going to calculate that for you. It's a very, very neat tool. It's extremely important. Because otherwise you may be in a situation where you're let go and your employer is telling you, you only get this and you don't know if it's uh if it's right, you don't mm-hmm. know if you should speak to someone, is it gonna cost me to speak to someone? Well, I made it easy. Severancepaycalculator.com, you go on right now, you find out how much you're owed, and then you know if the severance offer that you're looking at, if it's good or if it's not good, and you can contact me if you want directly from the uh from the calculator. Or if you're more of a of an iPad or iPhone uh Person, you can download the Seventh Calculator app on I, uh, iPhone, iPad, and Android as well. And if you're an employer, there's
0: an employer, mode you just want to, That's right. same thing, right?
1: And, and employers have used it quite a few times. You know, you know I have an employee. I, I want to let the employee go. I want to treat them fairly. How do I know how much severance they're owed? Well, again, you go to severancepaycalculator.com. You just click the employer button. It's going to calculate it for you and give you some additional information that you need to have as the employer.
0: Another cool website is
1: terminationquestions.com. Yeah, so terminationquestions.com created this uh, just, I guess, a couple months ago now. Uh, It's huge. I've answered hundreds of questions on it. So like I said, I'm here on the weekend, every weekend answering questions. We've done a bunch of those today, but I'm available all the time in my office. You give the number, but also available through terminationquestions.com. You can log on. Uh, again, Yeah, it's, it's very simple. It's anonymous. You just post a question. I'm going to answer it right there, usually within minutes. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty diligent about these things. So you just want to know something about your, your workplace rights. Uh, you, you lost your job. You're going to lose your job. Or you have another questions. TerminationQuestions.com. It's a really, really neat tool. Uh, A lot of people just want to be anonymous or they just want the information. They don't want to, you know, talk to someone. Well, that's why we've created that website. It's really great. And believe me, I think I probably answer about 20 questions a day on that. It's a neat tool.
0: We'll talk about uh, laws. In fact, I want to get to a couple emails before we wrap here. This one from uh, Beth in Ottawa, where you're on the air as well. After I advised my employer in September that I am pregnant, their attitude towards me changed drastically, Beth says. Uh, they're rude to me. They criticize me all the time. I just uh, got received with a written warning about my performance. Again, she's told them that she's pregnant. Uh, I think they're trying to come up with a reason to let me go. What should she do?
1: You know, isn't it uh, interesting how everything goes well? You're liked, uh, you're treated well, no problem. Then, oh, uh, employer, uh, I deserve congratulations. I'm pregnant. I'm about to have a baby. Mm-hmm. Then things go south. Now, nothing you do is good enough, right. uh, and uh, you know you're you're not liked anymore, and you're being criticized all the time. Well, I don't think that's coincidence, okay? And I've seen it too many times to believe that that's coincidence. The, that, that employer is probably either uh, trying to set the tables to be able to let her go so they don't have to allow Matt leave, or potentially even better for the employer, uh, hopes that, the, uh, that Beth will leave and resign. So uh, remember that, Beth. That's probably what the employer is trying to do here. So what you need to do is you need to, to keep a record of what's been said uh, so, so that uh, you know, if you do something and the employer criticizes you, I want to have a record of actually what happened and what was said. You may even want to email your employer to let them know if they criticize you, why you don't agree with the criticism, why you don't agree that you've done something wrong. Keep that record. Make it uh, impossible for them to say that you accepted what they've said to you. And certainly, if they do let you go, uh, that would potentially not only be a wrongful dismissal because you'd be owed owed severance, but also uh, it'd be a violation of the Human Rights Code, which prohibits
0: the employer from mistreating you uh, because you're pregnant. Let me refer to, uh, quickly, the severance pay calculator, which you just talked about. Uh, Leo in Peterborough says, uh, 16 weeks of severance enough after eight years of employment as a chef, says my employer said that I'm really only entitled to eight weeks. So uh, I'm getting a good a good deal. What do you think? Yeah, you know we're we're giving
1: you a great deal, employee. We have a special on today. You know, uh, sixteen <laughs> weeks instead of eight. That's yeah. right. Yeah, we have got two, two weeks uh, for the price of one. So no, that that would not be a good deal for uh, for Leo uh, unless he signed a contract of employment that explicitly limits the amount of severance that he is owed. Then someone in his situation would easily easily okay get probably nine, ten, potentially as much as twelve. Months of severance. So forget about sixteen weeks. That's not the case. Uh, and and you know, whenever the employer tells you, "Hey, we're giving you a really good deal," trust us. That's when you should be a bit suspicious. And and you call me or you go to severance pay calculator. Fleer would have gone to, uh, to the severance pay calculator. Uh, he would have seen immediately that sixteen weeks is not even close for him. It's probably you know thirty cents on the dollar or so, uh, and he would have known that he should be getting a lot more. And the good news is. these things are fairly easy to resolve.
0: Now, you don't have his age, but you could assume it's somewhere in that ballpark.
1: Yeah, I mean, exactly. If you worked at a chef uh, for for some uh, eight years, he probably is not 20 years old. Uh, But yes, I'm assuming that uh, someone in his
0: situation, somewhere between nine to 10 to 12 months of severance. Nicely done, man. We'll wrap it up for another week. If you have any questions outside of show hours, again, Lior, L-I-O-R at employmenthour.com or 1-855-821-5900. And you can always go to TerminationQuestions.com and SeverancePayCalculator.com as well to type in your information and get more information. It's been the Employment Hour right here on Talk Radio AM640 and AM900CHML.